Wings Up, a podcast about FAMU athletics, is here to talk about FAMU in a positive light, what's going on, and always keep you abreast as to the most up-to-date events related to FAMU athletics, whether it's football, basketball, tennis, or even FAMU golf. We're going to talk about it. We're going to bring it up to the light. We're going to share it so that you can brag and tell all your other friends in the swag that FAMU is the greatest school on this side of heaven. I'm Keith Hadley, and I am a graduate of Florida A&M University, and I also run the FAMU Fifth Quarter on Twitter. Like the Twitter page, follow it, and make sure you share it with your friends so that they can keep up to date as to how great FAMU is, so that if they're not a Rattler, they can know their kids need to be. Greetings and salutations, another episode of Things Up Here, and doing a special, just a kind of throwing it back to my origins and just me and a microphone so no camera today uh but i didn't do a episode on i almost said friday sunday because honestly it was super old and i got better sense than that I, I know what's up i know where i fit within this game so but i did not want to just not put anything up especially because i was actually on campus on saturday i did work the game and uh I mean, we're going to talk about that. That That's really going to be the focus of today's episode. So this is just special for those who subscribe to the podcast. Just doing a little special for y'all. I will do my normal Thursday episode. I'm going to cover a little bit of this. But just looking at the state of our basketball program, we're not a basketball school. Haven't been for a very long time. And if you're upset about that, you're not a rational fan. I'm just being real about it. But the, the, the real disappointment, especially as a fan, was that it just seemed like, especially Saturday, we did not seem like we knew really when our best lineup was out there. I, I Again, I worked the game, so I was there working the table. I wasn't doing concessions or anything. Not that I'm above that. I Ask my wife, I, I'll work, I don't mind, a job's a job. But I, I was working the scorer's table, and I noticed, especially with the men's game, that we, we really got a spark when 55 was on the court. And so post-game, I asked Coach, I said, hey, Coach, why did we take 55 out after he got two fouls and he not play again? Because he gave us good energy. And we also made a massive comeback. And Coach stated that, yeah, we're, I'm at the look at that, look at his minutes, but he's also an offensive liability, which I'm cool with that. I, I, I understand that because he was. He was not really producing anything. And, and you can see at times where Coach McCullum was having to coach him a little harder. But the effort he gave and the way we came back, we came back from not being in that game to having a lead when Andrews is in the game, it just left me befuddled. And then to lose that game the way we did, where it's the same rotation of players that are in there, it just seemed like, why are we doing the same thing that's not working? And it just, it further goes to my frustration with the program of not using our rotation. Even last night, and I'm focusing on the men's team right now, I'll get to the women's, watching the game against Alcorn, we had that player from TCC, and he comes up there and literally 
he's lightning in a bottle. I mean, he's giving us good points. We're scoring all of a sudden. The offense flows. Because one of the things I think we miss with our men's team is that certain people have certain roles. Number five is not a ball handler or a shooter. He's a dunker. I remember even after the game when I was leaving, I said, dude, you're like the ultimate dunker. I, I mean, he had a nasty dunk in both games. Go back and watch the Alcorn game. That buddy opening the game, he pretty much has a dunk. Then go back and watch the game against uh, on uh, Saturday against Jackson State. Nasty put back to where I was at the scores table and all of us were like, oh, like, dang, like the place erupted. And it's like, to me, our lineups are the problem. This is a team that we've le- we've left three or four games out there, but some of it is due to lineups, and I just don't know where it's at. I I, I, I spoke with someone today, and they're like, "I'm kind of worried about coach," and I'm like, "I'm not. He got one more year. Like it, you know." And it wasn't I'm worried about him as a person. I'm worried about his job. And I was like, "I'm not. He got one more year," and you know that that's not saying saying it in a tongue-in-cheek way that that's the reality of the situation coach mccullum's got one more year in that deal and i doubt he gets that extension because how do you justify it there's very little growth the, the team is regressed and we're saying we need a score we need a score we need a score but even melvin beal said when you go back and listen to the game from yesterday the game from against alcorn that him and uh they're, Chester are saying our best scorers are on the bench. Well, if if the commentators and the fans are realizing that the best scorers are on the bench, and we notice an uptick when those guys get come off the bench, okay, if you don't want to start them, don't start them, but you can't not play them. I, those guys have to get some minutes, and we're not seeing that, and it's part of the problem. It's part of the issue that this team is capable, but we're not winning, and that's just – it's the frustration. We're not going to make the tournament. I mean, Coach even stated post-game, again, post-game, I was there. And that was my that was really my first time just being in a room with Coach McCullum and just talking. And it was just him and Gerald from the Democrat and myself, us three in there, and Josh, Josh, our SID. Shout out Josh Padilla, great guy. But it, it just – and that's why I told y'all, like, yo, I don't, I don't, I don't talk real greasy about some of these people because sometimes it's just me and them in a room. And what I would hate to do is make them so angry to where, yo, they got words with me. And it's not out of a fear, but it's just out of a understanding that you are responsible for what you said. And coach was just sitting there, and he looks at me. I'm looking at him. I'm asking him questions. I felt they were fair. And I'll give Coach McCullum's credit. He did not duck any of my questions. I asked him about, hey, what's going on with points? And he stated, you know, we, we, we just we can't find a rotation right now. We, we had several, when I was there on Saturday, shot clock violations. I think four or five. And that, that's just, that is a result of an offense that is not able to find itself. And at times, players who don't trust themselves. Again, number five is not a ball handler. He's a dunker. He, he, he should not be one of the catalysts for your plays. He should do nothing more but really pass and move without the ball. Now, Buddy with the hair, I believe 15, yeah. One of your primary ball handlers should be. 
I mean, you have three or four guys that are that guy. But you got a lot of guys that aren't. But you do have a good amount of role players. And I just didn't feel like we've really used our roster properly. That's the reason we're not going to make the tournament. As I stated, Coach McCullum said, hey, we pretty much have to win out to make the tournament. And I told y'all two, three weeks ago, we're not going to make the tournament. Like, we're just not. And to get mad about it is short-sighted. You're not gonna make the tournament. We're not that we're not that team this year. And so just kind of looking back at it, my thing is gonna be going into next year. How do you keep those recruits? How do you convince new guys that this is the place where they should come? But also how do you convince the guys that are there to stay? You lost a lot of guys off last year's roster. Some of them had eligibility. That's one thing we're not talking about. We're not saying some of those guys from last year had eligibility remaining and they decided, nope, I don't want to do this. I'm out. How big would some of those guys be this year just to help the team, help the morale, have some guys with some experience come in and do something? So, again, with the basketball team, I told you all weeks ago, I was done, really months ago. But then turned around and was like, yo, we're not also not only am I dumb, we're not gonna make the tournament. And it's not because I don't like them. I I like the team, but it's, it's just that understanding that we are where we are. And then the more I watch it, the more I notice the gaps and the holes in the system. We have some gaps. We have some holes. We have some lapses. So, um, we just got to get out there and do more. That, that's that's really it. And at this point, to me, I think with the men's basketball team, you're at a point where play the young guys. Because let the seniors get some minutes, let them get some great experiences. But you're now trying to recruit next year's guys. Whoever's coming back, give them as many minutes as possible and let them know either you want them back or you don't. I'm recruiting your replacement or I'm keeping you. And keep it at that. Because otherwise, you're really doing a disservice to those young cats. I mean, you got sophomores and juniors that are on this team that are likely to be back next year who need minutes. They need quality minutes against good talent and not in practice. Let them make mistakes on the court because it's not like you're going to the tournament. Give them a chance to F it up so that they can learn from it. And you can point to this miserable season as to where they cut their teeth so that next year you might be able to save your job because let's, let's, let's make this known. Coach is coaching for his job next year. I mean, you got one season left on a contract and you've built up some good will. And now this season is not there. Sports is all about results. And unfortunately, two bad years is a sign that this ain't working. So I, I wish as well. I wish us the best. But I do understand that this ain't working, y'all. So I'm going to take a pause right there, y'all. I told you I'm doing this old school right here. So take a pause. And I'm going to come and talk about the women's basketball program. This fangs up. All right, y'all, we're back. Um, so I just talked about the men's program and kind of where we are. And honestly, it ain't looking good. But, man, on the other side of that, the women's program, and I left I left the last two games disappointed, but not in the same way. Like, we're playing with eight players, sometimes seven. I'm I'm not overly upset when we're losing games, especially when at half they're close. And against Jackson State, let's be real, Jackson State did the best team in the conference. That that's not a game where I was really just 
upset. I, I came into that game knowing we were going to lose. So I, I, I wasn't throwing stuff and mad. It was, okay, here we are. This is what we are. And once the game kind of, you get to halftime, the girls were fighting. Like They played Jackson State really tough, and we were close at half. And the game got away with got away from us after the half, but a lot of that is due to bodies. Like you can see, Coach Pillow's frustrated because, I mean, just look at her reaction. Look how she kind of is on the bench. She's rotating players in as many as possible, but injuries have decimated that roster, and we saw it again against Alcorn, where we were winning that game, and they pull away. We have to find a way to somehow put depth on our side because, again, Coach Pillow's in her last season. And as much as I love to kind of tongue-in-cheek joke about, you know, how pretty the lady is and everything like that, no, you know, Coach Pillow's beautiful. She's gorgeous. But at the same point, that's not going to help her keep her job. Like she, Next year, she also is going to the last season. And I remember asking kind of, a little bit about this and about the players playing. And, you know, Coach Pillow was kind of lamenting that the players are playing so many minutes. And I was like, well, does that help the players kind of get in a groove? Because it seems like once they start playing longer, the shots start falling. And she's like, I never thought about it like that. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I did. I noticed that the ladies get comfortable because they've been out there playing for so long that – it's really second nature for them. And if you can get some of those younger players to potentially get in that mode and some of those returning players to stay in that shooting mode, it's really going to benefit the program and help the program going forward and potentially put you in a place where some of the stuff and the lessons learned from this year help those students going into the next season. So I, I just really, I question that. I, and I wondered that because it, it just it doesn't seem right that the injury numbers are so high. It, it definitely has you wondering a little bit about some of the just physical physicality or what, what about our offense is constantly causing players to get injured. It was a problem last year. Last year, COVID decimated the roster. And injuries this year, again, injuries. There's something about this program and the way it's being run that lends itself to players getting injured. Maybe it's the offense. It's something. And that's not me being a harsh critic. That's just me pointing out the facts that it kind of is what it is. Like, let's just call that what, let's call it spade a spade. If FAMU's numbers looked better as far as just bodies, we would be a better team. I mean, you're losing some games just due to pure attrition, which is what we saw at the end of last season. But at the same point, we have seen improvement. I I know after the game, post-game interviews, I went in there and, again, like I said, I was talking to Coach Pillow for a little bit, and I even, you know, kind of talked to her off the record a little bit. And I was like, Coach, we need three wins. I say, if we get three wins, we double our total from last year. And she's like, she's she's like, I didn't even look at it like that. I was like, yeah. I was like, we only need three wins. And I was like, you already have more wins than you had last year. 
I was like, we had three wins, technically four. It's like, nope, 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 that fourth one counted. <laughs> and I was like, you're right, coach, you're right, you're right. But it, it just kind of shows you how consumed our coaching staff is with trying to win every game. They're trying. Like, some of y'all don't like Coach Pillow, and that's cool. But I'm, I'm just going to tell y'all, I'm not sure – where you're going to get a lot of change from. I, I, I do think the heir apparent is there. And if that happens, they're going to inherit a better situation than Coach Pillow received under less stressful situations. Like, she had to deal with the COVID year. She had to deal with a program that really was in shambles she's elevated the floor I mean the floor of talent and family women's basketball is so much higher than it was in previous years Coach Pillow hinted at that just in a very nice way but I'm not going to be nice about it last year's team sucked it was terrible it was hard to watch it was not a product this year the team looks good for a half then they get tired and that that's harsh to say, but it's true. The players are the players as a team look better. They look like they have a flipping clue. Granted, you you're missing really one of your best players. So now you have Grizzle and and Mid Midi uh really kind of being your go to players. And it it's just it's that question of, man, what if is gonna be there? But on top of what if, what can we do to improve? Because the the roster has to fill in. Because at a certain point, we're losing games because of talent. Like you're not losing games simply because you suck. You're losing games because you don't have enough bodies. You don't have enough people. Is there aren't enough soldiers to fight the war? So, and she's realistic. Coach Pillow didn't even hint at the tournament. Uh, it kind of is what it is, y'all. Like, we are, everybody's playing, though. They're playing large minutes. And fortunately for Coach Pillow, she's got one year left at a school that's not a basketball school, and that really ain't got the money to fire her. And that's good because next year's team might be great. Like, they might not be the best team in the SWAC, but they might be a team that is significantly improved. I told y'all last year, I, I was looking for improvements. I've seen an improvement. It's not the level I wanted. I'm still looking for three games. I don't think we have it. I think we won all the games we're probably going to win. We might get one more upset, but you probably won the games you're going to win. And it's not because the players aren't good. It's because... They just lack the depth. And so I just I'm I'm at the same place with Coach Pillow that I am with Coach McCullum when it comes to playing the younger players. The biggest difference is that I'm just not I'm not in a place where I truly feel like I feel I I'm not in a place where I feel like she's not maximizing her roster. I feel like 
our men's basketball team does not use the roster properly. I feel like Coach Pillow's getting almost everything she can get out of that roster. And that's just the honest, that's my honest opinion. That's my two cents on that. So um, I'm going to do one more segment after this, y'all. I'm going to take a break. Um, but big shout out to HBCU Digital Network. This is home. Also, the Black Techies, Herb Seward. But again, just took it old school. I will do the show on Thursday, but just threw it back. See, can I still, do I still get the chops? Can I still do it the way I used to do it? So, all right, my little exclusive here, um, just for the fans. So, uh, as always, y'all, things up. All right, y'all, last one. Because um, a lot of doom and gloom, but let's end on a positive note here. Softball season started. I'm going to talk a little more about that on Thursday. But we did open up with a win, and we lost the game, and then came out with a nice web gym out there. So, I, I just – a lot of doom and gloom as far as basketball but other programs are doing really well and it's really looking up if, if you think about baseball season starting family baseball probably we'll see uh but if it, it, we're not playing some of those teams we played last year I, I think we might actually have a better chance of making some noise than we did in the past just because you're not playing florida ucf stetson like, you're not playing a murderer's row. And there's something to be said about that, but there's also something to be said about creating a winning product. And we do need to invest in the baseball program and the facilities overall. But don't be surprised. This team is actually pretty decent. I think preseason we're fourth in the SWAC, and it's it's a good opportunity, y'all. It's a good opportunity a lot of great things going on on the highest of seven hills. And it's just really, it's despite basketball be, being what it was and what it has been, it's a chance for us to kind of look back and say, what do you want from this program? But then to start investing in it. Because if you're just going to say, well, I'm not going to support it, I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that then you're not going to get the program you want. I know some of y'all are upset about the football schedule. It's four home games. Two of them are laughers. Well, one is a laugher. One is just a team you probably don't want to play. But if you're going to divest from the program, you can't be mad when some things come up short. I griped last year about parking. And we saw, yo, some people were like, I'm trying to get a park. There's no parks because you're giving away two parks at a time. They were right. I was right. But most important, let's help our new AD any way we can. Give her your ideas. Give her your comments. Because one thing I can tell y'all, just from my brief time of meeting her, she'll listen. Now, whether she does anything about it or not is something else. But she'll at least listen to you. She'll let you talk. She, uh, I, I saw her at the game on Saturday. I hit her. I see you in your intensified pink. I mean, in your light red. I'm sorry. Intensified pink is for the AKAs. Light red is for the Delta. She's the Delta. So I see you in your light red. She started laughing. Gave me a fist bump. Like, again, she's cool. She good people. Let's not let the brass... Come in there and ruin it. Because there, there's some 
parts of our alumni, well, especially when it comes to sports that are so involved and so hell-bent on getting their way that they're not willing to let the program grow because they're just trying to settle for the status quo. At a certain point, you got to reach for greater and you have to continue to reach for greater. And fam, you can be that. But it's it's not going to be that if we continue to settle. Uh, again, as y'all noticed, coming up my first year anniversary, uh, well, after first year anniversary of doing this podcast, and this came about because I saw somebody else was doing something. And I'm not going to lie to y'all, it wasn't Scotty. I, I heard his, I watched him yesterday, and, you know, said, you know, some things that were some true, but some were... All right, bro. You pop. You 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 bang your chest a little hard. Like, I don't do this because of him. I do this because of the Noel cast. That's why my logo has some homage to the Noel cast. I'm a Florida State fan. I'm a FAMU graduate, and so I learned a lot from them. I model a lot of what I do from them, and because I wanted to have greater for my university. I looked and I saw where somebody was doing greater for theirs. And I think that's a model that we need to continue. Florida State's doing some great things. Let's take some ideas from them. All right, let, let's go talk to UF. Talk to USF and say, hey, you just built an indoor practice facility. How can we get this done? What does it take? Let's reach for greater by looking at others and seeing what they're doing that is right. Again, I told y'all I model my podcast after the notecast. That's those are my models. I got on the Streamyard because the person that runs Famu Central Pod told me, "Hey, this is what you do." He told me that, and so I was like, "Okay, hey, this is what he does on his platform. He has these. He does. He covers the Falcons, other things, and he's like, I use them X, Y, and Z." I followed the model of somebody else that had success. And then I put my own spin on it. We should do the same at FAMU. Model after schools that are having success. Go to a North Dakota state, see what they're doing, and see what you can emulate. You can't do everything they're doing. Sit up there and look at North Dakota state and South Dakota state and those schools like that and say, well, they're doing it. Why can't we? It's foolhardy because you're ignoring the number one fact that a lot of times they are the state flagship school. They don't have a UF to compete with. They're not fourth or fifth down on the chain. They're number one, sometimes two. So that being stated, they get treated like the number one or the number two. We get treated like a side piece by the state. And I said it. They love to treat us like a side piece. I don't like it, but it is what it is. Now, we also can admit the SWAC's not doing a lot of stuff right. Y'all saw the numbers. You know, I give the man credit. Scotty put that contract up there, and whether it's right or not, yo, if it's right, yo, that's a terrible look. $60,000 per school is terrible. You got coaches. The coaches make more money than that. The head coaches, like, that's ridiculous. But I've said the same thing. The swag ain't doing this media thing right. I've said it for months. Ever since I pretty much been out here, 
I said, the SWAC ain't doing this media thing right. And we're seeing it. Not enough SWAC events are being highlighted. The advertisement for SWAC events is piss poor at best. We need to model greater. Again, don't just do greater. Model it. Because if you model it, you'll learn what works for you. I'm not a great teacher. I'll tell anybody that. I'm not the best teacher. I'm a good person. Students learn and they kind of figure out that he's a nice guy. He wants us to be successful. He, 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 he does that. And they kind of get with it. But it's, it's not that I, I'm not a good teacher. I just care, care about children. And I try to make it real. FAMU's got to do something like that with athletics. Find money-making ideas from other institutions and put an orange and green, skin, uh, orange and green spin on them. Because otherwise, we are going to continue to be a low-resource institution because we can't generate stadium funds the way Jackson State does. Bragg is too small, and it just got smaller. You went from having 25000 to twenty. I mean, that's still a decent-sized crowd, but you cut your revenue. And they got 60000 potential. Just saying. You got four home games, partially so that you can make money. And as Coach Simmons pointed out, if you didn't listen to the basketball game, both classics were the home team. So the Orange Blossom Classic, you're the home team. Florida Classic, you're the home team. So technically, you got six home games. While you only really have four. And it's just, it kind of has you looking towards next year to see what kind of planning is going to come. But it also tells you the other side is we have to continue to invest, invest in this program and find ways to make money. And the conference as a whole has to do that too. So um, hopefully, uh, I think I've made my last basketball game for the season, but I will be at, uh, I was, honestly, I'll be at the University of Tampa doing their games uh, just because it's not quite as far of a ride and it's, I don't have to deal with watching my team lose. Not gonna lie to you, I hate, I hate watching my school lose. <laughs> you, you never wanna see your team lose. So um, that is it, y'all, though. Just kind of wanted to bring it back, wanted to make sure I dropped something. Didn't want y'all thinking I quit. Nope, Sunday was Super Bowl Sunday. And I, I know where the competition is. Monday we had a men's and women's basketball game. So I didn't wanna really split the audience. I purposely keep my show on uh, Thursday because ONG goes on Wednesday. And a lot of times the family coaches shows are now on Wednesdays or Thursdays. And so I'll, I'll sometimes I'll hold off and try to let them finish, just trying to be respectful. So, uh, But, again, big shout-out HBCU Digital Network. This is home. Shout-out to the Black Techies. Herb Seward, check out his basketball spaces. He talks about a lot of things uh, in relation to basketball that I don't I don't touch. Y'all notice I stay in my orange and green area, and that's it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, y'all, it's been a good season. Hopefully we see some more out of this. Hopefully you're encouraged to want to contribute to the program. 
get out there and support. Lady Softball is out there starting, and they're doing the darn thing already. Baseball is going to be coming up soon, and track season two. So it's going to be fun on the highest of seven hills, and we have the spring game, I believe April 15th. So just telling y'all, a lot of fun, exciting time, and we're going to see some things, y'all. We're going to see some things. But as always, y'all, thank you for listening. This is Fangs Up.